Happy Wednesday, everybody. It is hump day and we're coming at you with the mortgage update. How you doing, Matt? I'm over here like, holy shit, it's it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday already. <laughs> yes. You got a nice little five o'clock shadow going. It is going pretty good. It's one o'clock though, but it's growing fast, man. <laughs> yeah. you, you ever see those Mexican candies where you like push the bottom and, and it the comes, up? comes up? Top? Yeah. I feel like that's what my beard is. All this pressure. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that with my nails. For some odd reason, I feel like I just cut these damn things yesterday and they're already grown. you like, mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was telling Kristen the other day, maybe they can run like a scientific study on me where they can extract some of my calcium or something and then sell it and we can make a bunch of money because my nails grow fast. I'm going to start donating my hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, welcome, everybody. Um, come on in. Come on in. Uh, we're going to go over interest rates. We're going to um, we were going to talk about credit, but we'll leave that for another conversation because there were some other topics that came to the table um, brought to us by a couple of uh, DMs. Huh? We'll call it that. <laughs> so let's get into our rates of the day. All right, Matt, take it away. All right, national average. We're looking at um. Thirty-year fixed conventional seven point zero one. So it's actually these are based <laughs> off of what is that today's rates? That is yes, these are today's rates. Yeah, I'm they like, sure are. All right, because I'm like we were not at a seven point one. Um, so we're at today's rate seven point zero one national average, which is actually better by point zero two percent. We're looking at fifteen-year fix at a six point four six percent. And that is also better by 0.02%. You will go down to our FHA 30-year fixed um, along with your VA. Your FHA is at a 6.50%, which is better by 0.02% as well. So you're kind of seeing that carry on across the board here. VA is better by 0.01% at a 6.54% rate national average based off today's rates. Based off of today. And they are average, national <clears throat> average. There's no uh, uh, particular credit score that they give. So we have to assume that they're also using an average credit score based on the nation. And Matt just recently found out that I believe it is a 694. So if you're looking at this on a national average, this is almost based off a 700 credit score. Almost. So if you're here in Texas, the average credit score that I was looking up was a 664. Yeah. And then it actually gets worse when you get to San Antonio. When you get to San Antonio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and we're going to plan a pretty good little um, credit seminar episode where we take you through the do's and don'ts, some tips, some tricks, even how to get some of the things that are on your credit off of your credit. Um, so stay tuned for that. Maybe we'll do it on Friday. And in the meantime... Fun. Pay your bills. Pay your bills on time. <laughs> <laughs> Pay. What is that? We don't want no scrubs. <laughs> All right. So let's jump into the first. Um, I think it's a video. Um, JC, if you'd pull that up. Housing will see a slow and bumpy return to normalcy, um, says Black Knight's Andy Walden. Let's play that. Andy, beautiful. welcome. What's your take on the latest uh, round of data here? Yeah, I mean, I think you, you covered it really well there. I mean, we absolutely saw some demand return to the market early this year when we saw rates get down closer to 6%. Very welcome news for lenders and, and transactional-based folks out there in the market. And it did show that that underlying demand that still sits there if and when rates come down. Um, but at the same time, sellers are, are backing away from the market. And so we still have these massive inventory deficits out there. And that's resulting in, in price hardening this spring. What's going to happen in this in kind of the spring selling season that it originally looked like we could be off to a, a good start, an early start? And what now? 
Yeah, I mean, you're right, right? So we saw demand return early, the later months in, in February. So we went from a, a 30% deficit down to a 15% deficit. We're back to a 25% deficit in terms of, of demand. I think what we'll see is is a modest rise in transaction volumes. We're already seeing that in our, our collateral analytics data for the month of February. And so we're probably nearing the bottom there in terms of just overall sales volume and, and purchase origination volumes out there in the market. But it's going to be a slow and, and kind of bumpy return to normalcy. And And unfortunately, I mean, for folks wanting to see prices remain high, the, the data is good for them right now. You're seeing kind of this this stalemate out there in the market, not a return to balance, but we're, we're, we're not seeing anybody budge here. So low transaction volumes, hardening home prices is kind of how we see this playing out over the next few <laughs> it, months. It's almost like the Bitcoinization of the housing market. You know, we there's it's only 21 like million the Bitcoin. <laughs> that we're ever, we're ever going to have. And everyone went and snapped one up and everyone just holding on to them. I mean, I don't know how yeah. you get more image. So in a market where if we go back to 06, when prices started to drop, we overbuilt, you know, we saw people then immediately back away. Um, what's, what's it going to take to get prices to turn in this market? Yeah, and what's noticeably different about 06 through 2012 was the Fed dropped interest rates to try to catch the market there. And so you didn't see this lock-in effect that we're seeing take place now. True. The other thing that took place there was we had this massive wave of default activity. We had 25% of mortgage uh, of homes were mortgaged with adjustable rate loans. So they were much more volatile and you had interest rate sensitivity and folks were willing to sell because their rates were resetting anyway. We're, we're running at some of the lowest levels of, of outstanding ARM loans we've seen in the U.S. In, in over 20 years. And so default activity remains extremely low. Foreclosure sales, 70 percent below pre-pandemic levels. New builds are very low. Existing home sellers are, are selling their homes at a 27 percent lower rate in February than they traditionally do. So every potential possibility that we have for for increased supply is running well below normal levels and there's no there's no line of sight into how that returns the demand side there there absolutely is right and we're seeing that in terms of when rates fall you're seeing that demand return um, but that same lever that's pushing on demand is also holding supply tight and, and there's less of a, a line of sight in, in, in terms of how that uh, that supply it's side returns. You did just give me one idea about how this you know when this will all play out which is to say when the 10 year starts dropping. So in other words, if you look at the market now, we have people pricing in pretty extreme rate cuts kind of next year. It's like the more hawkish Powell gets, the more the near term goes up and the long term rates decline. If we get into a situation next year, Andy, where all of a sudden the 10 years down one and a half points, we're back at two and a half percent and people feel like, oh, I can move because now my new mortgage will be affordable and I'm going to list my house now because I'm worried that prices will fall more. Then I wonder if if we wait a year or so out, if it's going to be a very different story. It could be right, and what mm -hmm. you tend to see is the thirty-year tries to project where the where the ten-year and where the Fed is going. And so, yeah. in in past rate cycles, thirty-year rates peak zero to three months before the ten-year and uh, before the Fed does. And so, we could see absolutely to your point, you could see thirty-year rates and mortgage rates start to ease before the Fed starts to to let off the brakes. Though the question is, will that move the needle for sellers? It it absolutely has, and you can track demand right along with interest rates. But even when interest rates eased in, in January, early February, we didn't see a return of sellers to the market. And that's really where my concern is, is it hasn't ebbed and flowed directly with interest rates. And so there's no guarantee that that sellers are willing to sell at a five and a half or a five percent. Oh, sure. Rate. We'll I, have to see how that plays. I, yeah, I have to agree with a lot of the things that he said. Uh, there was no emotion attached to it. Hmm. Um, it was all factual that, data based. Yeah. Oh, all right. Uh, so uh, I think that 
he's got a pretty good grasp on what's going on. Uh, the lady might be in denial, or maybe she's just trying to bring up good yeah. points and talking points. But the idea behind sellers being locked in their home, well, it's pretty true. I mean, it's kind of hand in hand what we've been <clears throat> discussing over the last couple of weeks, too. I, I mean, she tried to mention like, hey, you know, maybe it's one of those where we wait till next year, year right. and a half, which we said, you know, rates are set to increase right over this whole next year, which mm -hmm. I mean, who's going to sell their property that they have a two, three percent, four percent. Highly even. unlikely. Very, very. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it, it just goes hand in hand with what we've been talking about. I and feel. that goes with the values of properties and them possibly decreasing. I just don't see that when you have uh, a limited amount of supply that we continue to have because no one is bringing their properties to the market unless they have to. Mm -hmm. um, I just don't see any holes in that uh, that that that. Story. I mean, I yeah. don't see any possibility for a whole bunch of properties coming to the market. And then you've got the idea behind, well, what if there's a whole bunch of foreclosures? There's got to be a bunch of foreclosures coming. Well, yeah. that kind of goes with this next video that we have here. Um, let's throw that one up and see what they have to say about business report waves of foreclosure default fear. Business editor Richard Southern is here now. And Richard, with interest rates climbing, many homeowners have been turning to riskier sources to borrow money, and that could spell trouble. Sure could, Erica. Good to see you. It's private mortgages that are uh, on the rise quite dramatically, both here in Ontario and Canada-wide. Uh, of course, mortgage rates have gone straight up over the past year, and that's made mortgages harder to get for a lot of people from the traditional banks, and so they're looking elsewhere. Uh, you know, we're finding out here that he, just in Ontario, private mortgages surged 72 percent uh, from uh, 2019 to 2021, and that means more than 10 percent of new mortgages were private. And that number likely continued to surge in 2022 after, Stop it right the there, real Canada quick. Canada hiked interest rates. Okay, so they surged from 2019 to 2021. That was amidst the pandemic. The pandemic. So that and then rates decreasing into 2022 and starting to go up. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it just, I don't know. Keep going. Making those mortgages harder to come by from banks. You know, the private lenders, they don't subject mortgage buyers to stress tests, whereas the banks have to. The banks have to make sure buyers can afford a mortgage that, you know, a mortgage rate that's 2% above the current rate, you don't have to do that with the private lenders. And so the concern is, as mortgages become more expensive, that this could trigger a wave of defaults. Just one other thing to worry about, Erica, in that tricky housing market right now. Okay. Pause you, that you right just, there. Uh, you just talked about right now. Come to say, us. Do you think that the the increase wasn't because it was a you know person per se, but it was more so investors saturating the market, mm -hmm. making these purchases with a private, private mortgage, mortgage or Correct. having their hard money lender, yes. what have you. And they're expecting a default, but these people are investors that are flipping these properties that are probably already made their return. <laughs> and, and I have to agree a hundred percent with that. I mean, the idea behind their uh, going to be default. No, number one, let's backtrack. If you are a buyer out there, why would you go to a private lender unless you don't qualify? Now, the qualifications don't change because the interest rate changes. Mm -hmm. um, even private lenders, hard money lenders ask for more money down. Um, they may ask for a logical approach to how you qualify bank statements, uh, things of that nature. But the idea behind them being easier to obtain, 
doesn't no. make sense. They're even higher in interest rate. Yep. So I, I'm not seeing the correlation between the two. Um, obviously, they're talking about Canada, so it doesn't <laughs> coincide with United a. States, A. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> but there is one more article that I brought um, uh, that I want to talk about, and it is data-based. So if we could fly over to that real quick. Here we go. It says the U.S. foreclosure activity declines month in February 2023, but continues to increase annually. Um, that in itself is a tactic, just yeah. the title itself. I mean, we're decreasing, but year but over year, we're it's increasing. increasing. Well, yes. yeah, the previous year we were in a mortgage, uh, uh, what is the word, moratorium, something like that, to where you could not foreclose on anybody. Yeah, it was impossible. Correct. So you're yep. going to see a year over year difference, but the month over month difference, that's really what we're honing in on to see what the heck is actually happening. So let's uh, let me dive into this real quick. It says um, Irvin, California, March 8th, which is today, Adam, a leading curator of land, property and real estate data today released its February 2023 U.S. foreclosure market report, which shows there were a total of 30,000 528 uh, U.S. properties which foreclosed filings, default notices scheduled auctions or bank repossessions down 3% from a month ago and 18% from a year ago. The year ago part is totally irrelevant to what I, we're talking about. Here. I think I think the, uh, if you take anything into consideration when you're looking at any data, I think if you just erase the last year and a half yeah it'll be a lot easier just because we had the pandemic you mm -hmm. couldn't foreclose rates were super low mm -hmm. it's just like the stacks on right. stacks of things that's so true let me finish this off uh foreclosure activity finally started to stabilize in february after 21 straight months of increases uh said rob barber chief executive officer at adam the numbers don't yet show a clear trend towards fewer foreclosures, partly because the February is short month. Okay, we know that. But with historically high levels of home equity uh, flowing from a decade of rising values, we may be seeing a growing number of delinquency morg delinquent mortgages um, payers with at least the only option to sell before facing foreclosure. Well, if they sell, they've got equity. Smart mm -hmm. move if that is the case. If you can't pay your mortgage, sell it. Yep. Um, by all means, you're going to net some equity. And therefore, if you lost your job, you at least have a nest egg. If you didn't lose your job, then go take that equity and buy another one. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're going to be buying it at a discount because chances are you're not going to need to sell your home at a discount either. Right. Um, but I guess you never know. Says lenders um, repossess 3831, so 3,831 U.S. properties through um, uh, through completed foreclosure REOs in February 2023, uh, dipping 2% from the last month, but increasing 45% from the last year. Again, not relevant. The last part of that, the part that I see as a pretty cool indicator is 2% um, decrease from the prior month where it was supposed to be increasing because interest rates and all of these um, arms are coming due and all the fear that they're continuing to push, thinking that you're going to not go in the market to buy. Um, it continues and says, states that had at least 100 or more REO and saw the greatest annual increase in completed foreclosures in February 2023 include New York, we know that, yep. Georgia, <laughs> mm -hmm. California, 
Texas up 87% and Virginia up 73%. I'm curious to dig deeper into the Texas one um, because all you have to do to have 87% increase is have zero, zero. <laughs> the month before. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Yeah. How many foreclosures do you have last year? Right. And, and, and it says at least 100. At yeah. least that number doesn't say at least a thousand, at least ten thousand foreclosures. I'm not seeing what uh, we had in 2008. Uh, those major metropolitan statistical areas, um, MSA, uh, with a population greater than two hundred thousand, that saw a greater number of completed foreclosures in February 2023, included Chicago, New York, Detroit, Philadelphia, and St. Louis. Um, foreclosures. Uh, starts decreases monthly in 25 states, including the District of Columbia. Uh, lenders started the foreclosure process on 20,360 U.S. properties in February, down 2%. We already know that. Uh, those states saw a greater number of foreclosures starts in February, including, uh, we already went over that, do, 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 do. among 223 Metropolitan statistical areas with a population of at least 200,000, those that had a greater number of foreclosures starts in February. Why are they repeating themselves? <laughs> like this is redundancy upon redundancy. Yeah. Nationwide, one in every 4,500 houses, uh, housing units had a foreclosure filing in February. One out of every 4,500. That's pretty low. That's pretty low. Um, so those states are highly foreclosure rates in New Jersey, um, do, 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 Maryland, Illinois, Nevada, Indiana, among 223 metropolitan statistical areas, population of at least 200. This is mumbo jumbo. Yeah. <laughs> this is propaganda mumbo jumbo. Um, JC, take it to us. <laughs> Bring it back. Bring it back. Bring it back. So I think that. It's a clear indicator that someone is attempting to continue to spread fear in the first time home buyers because they don't really understand the statistics and what actually goes into the data. And when they see something like 87% increase, yeah. they're like, whoa, we're going to wait until those foreclosures hit the market. <laughs> Chances are it's not going to happen. You're not going to find it. It's probably not right. your city. <laughs> and, and that is also um, something that I think the listener should know, which is if a foreclosure is started, that doesn't mean that the seller still can't sell the house. Yeah. Um, there, they have a window that they do have the ability to sell that Short property. Sale. And we know that there's equity in there. It's not like that house gained equity, that house gained equity. And because you have a foreclosure starting yours went down in value. No, <laughs> that's not true. You know? Yeah. And I, I think a lot of, um, I, you know, I'm trying to think of like, you know, in the last year, it's like we did all of this and there was uh, the forbearance period where people couldn't go under foreclosure. Mm -hmm. They could just issue the forbearance coming into this year. It's like, I mean, what would have somebody actually go through foreclosure process? Be like a loss of job, mm -hmm. right? Um, I mean, even that, if you did sell, you have all that equity, you can cash out on it, go purchase the next home if it did. Including the fact that since all of the new regulations came into play due to COVID and the forbearance that they have. There are more ways than ever to keep your home if you want to keep it. Yep. If your goal is to keep your home, reach out to the lender and come up with a plan because I promise you that lender doesn't want to keep your property. 
They're there to collect interest. They're there to adhere to the uh, board and their stakeholders. They're not here to collect property so that they can turn around and try and sell them, um, including Open Door and all the others. They don't want to hold these properties. They're there to sell them, flip them, make a profit, or collect the interest on them throughout time. time. Yeah. Time itself. Time. Time is on our side. So, um, I hope you guys are getting something out of this. Uh, we are going to continue to do this. We haven't missed a beat, um, cool. even though it's it's getting difficult to fit it in as we continue to get busy um, with mortgage loans and uh, educating buyers all over San Antonio and surrounding. Um, but just as a reminder, Matthew Stansberry with I Think Mortgage is now licensed in California and in Florida. Oh, say it again. Kapow. <laughs> Matthew Stansberry <laughs> is licensed in California uh, and Florida. <laughs> and if you need another state, just let me know. I'll do it for you. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, guys, we will catch you back here tomorrow. Um, don't know what time, but we will stick to it. And who knows what we're going to talk about, uh, but it will be mortgage related, real estate related, and we'll always bring our personalities with us. Let's go. <laughs> we'll see y'all tomorrow.